Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Postables and Hallmarkies. Welcome to Deliver Me a Podcast. Today, we are so excited to bring a very special interview to you guys. First, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Casey. Hello, everybody. And of course, we have Cammie. Hi, guys. And with us today, we have a very special guest, a fellow Postable and author, Rachel Fordham. Rachel, thanks so much for coming on with us. Hey, everyone. So just to start off, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started in writing? So I, I'm kind of a stay-at-home mom. I actually do the books for our, our business at home, and so it's real flexible. Um, but I just had a baby, and I felt like I needed a creative outlet. And so I said to my husband, like, oh, my gosh, I need something else. And he said, well, you read so much, why don't you write a book? And it just like all clicked. Like I'd always been a reader. I'd always love stories. If I watched a movie, I always would like brainstorm, like what happened next. And so I kind of just decided to be brave and give it a try. And so, um, who am I? Like I am a mom and a wife and, um, but I'm also an author and I, but I didn't discover that until I was like in my, well, I just turned 30. Um, and I live on an island in Washington state. Um, we have six kids, but we foster, so there's usually more than six kids around here, so it's like a total, it's always loud, um, but it's tons of fun, and so I guess I'm kind of one of those weird, just like family's my favorite thing, so. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, did you have uh, any authors that kind of influenced you in kind of wanting to start writing or anything like that? Um, well, I'd always loved, like, I'd always loved the classics, and I'd always loved, um, you just had a lot of favorites growing up. And so when I decided to kind of take on this endeavor to try to write, um, I had no idea that there were such things as writers conferences or critique groups or anything like that. And so I just kind of on my own was like, how do I learn how to write now that I want to do this? And so I went back to all my old favorites and I read them and asked myself, why is this so good? Why is this my favorite? What did the author do to make, like, to suck me in? And so I kind of like self-taught myself from, I don't think that I write like Charlotte Bronte or Jane Austen or any of them, but I, I read their works and asked myself those kind of questions. So yeah, they definitely influenced me because they taught, they were my teachers, my instructors. <laughs> yeah, that's a really kind of smart way to go about it. Um, so like, what does your like actual process look like? Do you like write start to finish or do you write like chunks and then connect them later? Or how do you go about like plotting out your stories? So in the writing world, they always call people, they call authors either pantsers, which means you write by the seat of your pants. Mm -hmm or plotters where you have it all plotted out. And I think it's kind of a spectrum. And so I probably like, if this is plotters and this is pantsers, I'm like, ooh, I care. <laughs> um, so I usually know where I want to start and where I want to do. And the rest is kind of like, um, I kind of just, I don't know, run with it. Um, so when I write a rough draft, like a lot of writers are like, oh, you have to write every day. It's like a muscle. You have to keep it um, exercise kind of thing. Um, I don't adhere to that at all. 
because my life is really crazy and there's times when I don't write at all. But when I, I'll look at my calendar and I'll be like, okay, I don't have nearly as many commitments right now. So I'm going to do a rough draft in this time frame because when I, when I write a rough draft, I tend to write it really quickly. And I think it's because I'm a pantser. So I can't just like um, set it aside. I have to just kind of get in that world and write it. So I usually like write a rough draft really quickly and then I edit it slowly. I mean, you want to get all the ideas out, you know, even if it's like, just go, just keep writing, you know, (laughs) and then edit, edit it slowly. I totally get that. I studied English and I did um, a bunch of like writing classes in college. So that was one thing that we learned to do is write fast (laughs) and then edit, 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 rewrite, rewrite, edit. (laughs) Right. I don't edit while I go at all because it just slows me down. And so I don't worry about like grammar. I don't worry about word choice or anything until, until the story is out there. Cause what's the point of editing it when you don't, if there's, if it's not even going to be a story, right? Right. Yeah. It's easy to get really caught up in those details. And like you said, then you don't really get anything done. So (laughs) that's really good advice because I'm currently writing a novel. And so that's, I'm going to totally take that. (laughs) So I have to ask, um, mom to mom, and you know, we all love writing here. Is there a certain time of day that you prefer writing? Oh gosh, yes. Are you a midnight writer? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, so when I started writing, I told you I just had a baby and um, he would wake up every morning, like around one or two in the morning to nurse. And so I would start writing when my other kids went to bed until he woke up to nurse. And one night he didn't wake up at all. And so I wrote all night cause I was just waiting for him to like cry and feed him <laughs> and I'd finally go to bed. So I was definitely, and I think maybe I was younger than I'm not that much older, but I feel a lot older. Um, so I write a lot at night. Um, I've never had the luxury of like picking what's most convenient for me. And so it's always been like nap time, the school pickup lane, (laughs) you know, um, I would love to do it during the day, but it doesn't usually happen. Yeah. So you currently have two books out. Uh, the first one was Hope of Missouri Springs. And then of course, Postable's favorite, yours truly, Thomas, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, and then you have a third one releasing next month, A Life One Streamed. And so out of those three, do you have a, a favorite or one that was a little bit more meaningful to you? So I kind of, I think because I just like deeply get into that world while I'm writing it. So whatever I'm writing is usually my favorite at the moment, but probably the most memorable when I like think back and they're not all blurred together. Um, the Hope of Azure Springs, when I started writing that one, not only is it my first published book, so it's, you know, it's like your first baby. You remember everything about them, right? Um, but I started writing it and then, uh, uh, I was about a third or halfway through it and it was going so well. And then my son who was four at the time, he got like really, really sick. Like he almost died. I took him to the hospital and he was putting himself in a coma and it ended up like spiraling into this, like months of like diagnosis and learning new medications and things. And I didn't write for five months. Um, I didn't even open my laptop. And when I finally went back to it, I like felt guilty because it was so trivial in comparison to what I had just gone through. And so I'm like, like it was hard to go back to it, but I just kept feeling like, go finish the story, go finish the story. And the story has so much to do with like living your life after hard things have happened that when I went back to it, it was just so, it was just so interesting because it felt like um, like these messages in the story were for me, you know, as I was trying to like find my new normal after what we just gone through. And so as far as like life altering, like I'll always remember the writing experience and the messages in it is probably that book. Um, 
but all of them have just been a journey that have been really fun and so much of it is for the reader but there's also so much that has been for me you know as I like deep into the characters and try to like you know I don't think any of them not like preachy with messages but they have like little you know things woven in and um and you just half the time they're for me so hopefully other people (laughs) like them too (laughs) for sure I am so I've only read yours truly Thomas I haven't read the first one but I really want to um I just have to say I used to be an avid Christian fiction, um, clean fiction reader when I was younger, and then they got really redundant and boring for me. And so then when we found out about you and then your book, and then I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. Like, I don't even know what's happening right now. (laughs) I don't know where this is going. I was really excited. So I just want to say it. Thank you for sacrificing your, your, your sleep (laughs) to write all these. And probably a lot of sanity. (laughs) You know, it's like therapy for me. It is, writing is very like, it's like this perfect escape. You know, if you can't, like, especially COVID and like, who's going for a girl's night out? But I'm like, I can always hang out with Penny and Thomas, you know? (laughs) Exactly. it's It's been a great addition to my life. Like, so, but I'm really glad that it, I'm, it's extra it's like doubly blessed when it's like made my life good and someone else's and so those reviews are always really fun to hear so whose story is the hope of azure springs because it was kind of obvious at the end with your with your little author's note that that uh that thomas was a sequel yours truly thomas so whose whose story is uh hope of azure springs which character um they're not in it very much, but M and M and Caleb, they're just side characters. He used to be the sheriff. Um, uh-huh. She takes Penny around a little bit. Um, it's their story, but Margaret's in it a lot too, and the twins. So. Okay, okay. So it was mostly it was mostly a return of the yeah. surrounding characters of the town. The yeah, they're standalone still. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Got it. All right. So. I too have only read Yours Truly Thomas and now I got all excited to <laughs> to to read The Hope of Azure Springs. So with Yours Truly Thomas, what part or parts were the best for you to write? What part was the most fun that you got really inspired and just went on a writing spree? what was the hardest part you know all all of that okay. um so of all the books i've written which there's quite a few now just they're not all out yet um your Sir thomas is the hardest book for me to write oh <laughs> um, really i think because every time i turned it in like i loved my editor we got along excellent but she would ask for like really big changes and and the editorial notes back are fun because you get the books end up better but I would, you know, like usually it's like, oh, can you tweak this paragraph or this little minor thing? And it was like major character changes. So you know how Penny obviously um, leaves Washington DC and goes to um, Azure Springs. Um, the first draft of it, um, her mom is like the nicest person in the whole world and her mom is really sick oh. and she's dying. And so she oh. keeps telling Penny like, you like you you've been working on this job to help me like now that like when I go like go and live your life kind of thing and so she's giving her permission essentially to go and so when the editor was like this is that's a 
major change, right? I have to come up with a new reason for her, motivation for her to leave. I have to come up with someone else to give her all these pieces of wisdom to fall back on. And so those kind of changes just have a huge trickle effect. And so you have to essentially alter the entire novel to fit that change. And so yeah. this novel, and then I had to introduce a dog, because someone to talk to, right? Like there wasn't even a dog <laughs> in the first draft, right? Um, uh-huh. in, the end, in the end, it was it was all worth it. Like my editor was right. Like it, I think that it's a better book. It's not so sad in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But the journey of writing it was very, um, like I would, I usually like open my editorial notes and I'm excited because my editor's always like kind of gushes over it and it's fun. And, and this time I was like, oh, it's another, <laughs> I hope she liked it. Um, Cause they were always <laughs> really, um, until we got it to a place where we were all really happy with it. So, but I loved getting wow. to use the letters. Like that was a format that I had to use and you really get to get inside of a head, a character's head in a different way by utilizing letter writing. And so I, I really loved that. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, what was your inspiration and what made you think of going the DLO route? Yeah. Um, so it's fun because every novel, it's like one little thing will kind of spark the story. And so I was actually in the Midwest with my kids. And if you've been to the Midwest, it's beautiful farmland. There's not a lot for kids to do. And so there was a lot of like, my kids were really bored. Um, in the car as we're driving through. And we ended up coming upon a, like, um, we went to this, like, old post office that we got to tour. And my kids were still bored, but they were out of the car. And, um, the like, we're listening, and the guy who's giving the tour says, you know, if, the, if we can't find a, you know, the, we would return the letters, uh, you know, it was like a historic old ho- office. And he was saying, you know, if they couldn't find the, the owners, we would send the letters back to the dead letter office. And I was with my sister and I like grabbed her hand and I was like, I am going to Google that when I get home. Cause I'd never heard of the dead letter office. Oh. And, you know, I'm just thinking what a perfect way for two characters to come together, you know, like something, you know, like, and so that was what sparked the idea. Um, and then of course I had to build a story around it. Like why is his letter lost and all of those things. But that was the initial like catalyst for the story. Cause I had never heard of signs still delivered or the dead letter office at the time. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was the moment. Well, I got to tell you, I was completely expecting Penny to bring Thomas and Clara together. And so I went, oh my gosh, Clara's dead? Oh, this just took a huge spoiler alert, Kimmy. <laughs> oh, right. Spoiler alert. Probably shouldn't have done that. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Completely different turn than what I was expecting. So, yeah, right. <laughs> Same. I think my reaction was, wait, what? And I think I, I, I think thought I'm the staff, I thought the staff was lying to her. I thought they were like keeping her in a room away and she had no idea who was at the door, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That was my thought too. It's been a while since I've read it, but I think that was my thought too, Katie, is that they were like just some covert thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's why I loved it so much is because like I thought it was going one direction and no plot twist. <laughs> like what? So good. <laughs> well, for me is that sometimes I don't know how it's going to work out either. You guys haven't read The Hope of Azure Springs, but um, let me tell you, there was a part in it where I was like, oh, I sure hope I can, I can come up with a way for this to work, you know? <laughs> and even this one, I'm like, I did not know how I was going to handle, um, this stuff with Jeb and um, him until until it happened. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to explain this. Um, but I think it worked. So um, 
what parts of you live in Penny that came out in the story? What parts of yourself did you put into Penny? Uh, okay, so Penny is, I love Penny. And I think there's people really like Penny who are maybe a little bit more um, run with their emotions and stuff. Um, she was a harder character for me to write because I tend to be more practical um, and level-handed. Like I, in some ways, related to her friend Dinah a little better and the people <laughs> yes. who were kind of teaching Penny, <laughs> you know, what love looks like and that it can look a little bit different um but it was a message that i really wanted to get across you know that romance doesn't always look one way and so i needed kind of a i don't know head in the stars whatever those that saying is type of character and so um i would say i'm more in the side characters in this one than in, in her even though i mean i'm a romantic but i'm a practical romantic so uh <laughs> but i love penny <laughs> Cammie and I were laughing because Cammie and I had this exact conversation that Cammie is like Penny and I'm like Dinah. <laughs> <laughs> and Casey's like Penny too. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I'm more of a mix. Well, yes, yes. but I would I put mean, you more, I would put you more towards Penny than I would put you more towards Dinah. I can be Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret's a hopeless romantic too. She's pushing them. You know, <laughs> she's the meddler. <laughs> See, but that's me. <laughs> so um, I found a lot of pieces of wisdom throughout the book, and it was actually very, very inspiring. I think it was around uh, somewhere between page fifty-eight and page sixty-two, and I remember it because I looked at the page while I was reading it because I started to sob. I really and truly did. And it's when okay. Penny, it's when Penny says that she's stuck and she has got to get out and she's got to do it for herself. And I just started to cry because I have felt that way. I have felt that way that I, that I'm currently kind of stuck in a rut. And I got so inspired by Penny going through the steps of getting herself unstuck. I'm like, I'm going to get myself unstuck, dang it. <laughs> but uh, so what Aww. if there was, <laughs> so you wrote that part incredibly well. I give it five stars out of five. <laughs> um, if there was one piece of wisdom in yours truly, Thomas, that you would want people to take away or glean from it so if there was a group of people reading the book and you say okay if you don't learn anything else from this book learn this what what would it be okay um i think that i like maybe thomas's journey and the idea that um that if we're still here we still have a purpose and we can grow and change um because he felt like like it was over for him because he'd made some mistakes and that's just this is not how it is. And so I really like that message, but I'm going to give you two because I also really love that Penny figures out that love is so many different things that it's, you know, like him nursing her when she's sick and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just so, it's just so much, it's just so much. It is the candy and the flowers and the tingles too, you know, but that's gotta be balanced with other stuff. So I, those are probably my two favorite messages in this particular story. I would agree. <laughs> um, so last one for me, if yours truly Thomas turned into a Hallmark movie, 
who would you want to play Penny and Thomas? And can I call Margaret? I'm too old to play Penny, so can I call Margaret? <laughs> okay, that's fine with me. Uh, you're oh, going to curl your hair even more, though. because I can you know, do it. I can then, yeah, totally can do it. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not very good with actors and actresses' names. Um, so I think that Thomas needs to be someone who can pull off the like uh mopey lead you know you know what i'm saying um, um so who is that you tell me wes brown i bet you anything wes brown could pull it off he's getting a little old he's getting a little old to play thomas but uh, if you did an older version wes brown is very handsome no matter what look you put on him but when he's clean shaven he's gorgeous so <laughs> Okay. I was going to say Ryan um, Pavey. Oh, Ryan Pavey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could pull it off. Mm -hmm. he definitely. And he's younger. He is, yeah. Okay. So, I think Penny would have to be someone who um, can kind of pull off the... Not, I don't think she's ditzy. I don't think that that's her at all. But I think someone who can pull off the kind of silly romantic a little bit more. So. Rachel Boston. Yes, Rachel oh. Boston. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have to look these people up, but I'm, I'm we got the movie all worked out. You don't even need Hallmark. We got it. So, <laughs> when calls the heart, um, viewers and signs still delivered. It's like they both meet and have a baby with yours, Julie Thomas, right? <laughs> yes, that's yes. exactly. That's exactly what I. <laughs> yes, do it. Casey, Casey and I are, Casey and I are both When Calls the Heart fans as well. So we, we totally agree with that okay. sentiment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Casey, Eva, Eva Bourne. Oh, yes. would do a good penny. She would do a good penny. She would do a good penny. Clara. Clara in When Calls the Heart. When Calls the Heart. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. I know that is. Mm-hmm. She would do a good, she would be a good penny. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should start a petition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Postables, we got to find out, we got to figure out a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hashtag Thomas and Hallmark. There we go. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's funny. Oh, that's funny. So fun. All right. Hallmark, Michelle Vickery, since you know we're BFFs, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> hey, she's retweeted me before, so <laughs> I get closer. <laughs> it's, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Mar the Hallmark movie Mail Order Bride. Yes. Oh, but I want to because I've been yes. hearing about yes. it. Yes. I have, her, I have seen it. Yeah, this is kind of like this way sweeter version of that movie. A way sweeter version. Way yes. sweeter version of that movie. It's a good movie. It's just, it had me a little shook there. But this, <laughs> when I was reading this book, my thought was, um, I didn't think of the one calls the heart signs he'll deliver baby, although that's oh, yes. really good. I thought the way sweeter, way nicer version of um, <laughs> Mail Order Bride. Okay, so how about this? So it's when calls the heart and sign seal delivered, have a baby. And then over here, it's, uh, it's mail order bride meets love comes softly. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. We'll make it happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all righty. So uh, here's the segment that all the postables have been waiting for. This is the one they want. <laughs> Sign, seal, delivered. 
So Rachel, why don't you tell us how you found out about Sign Sealed Delivered? Well, when yours truly Thomas came out, um, I started getting messages from readers saying, I loved your book. Have you watched this show? Um, <laughs> and I would politely write back and say, no, I haven't. I don't have any stations, you know, like we watch movies, whatever. And, um, and it kept happening and kept happening. And then I finally said to my mom, I said, oh my gosh, like everyone keeps telling you about this show. And she was like, oh, I have that. And I'm like, you do? And so I borrowed it from my mom and I am not a huge, I like just don't sit and watch TV like constantly, like I'll watch it here and there, but you know, I usually write at night. So it's, it's sporadic. And, um, so I started watching it and I, here's the honest truth. I did not expect to like it. Like I was watching it so I could tell all these readers that I'd watched it. And <laughs> I love it. Like it is, it is my favorite and I don't even want to tell you I watched it because um, it's a lot. Uh, so I watched it and that's, so that's how I found it. I mean, I think all of us combined have watched it like probably half a million times. So you are in good company. I mean, the postables, like we watch it every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Twitter rewatch. Yeah. Oh. Which, if you think about it, if there's, what, 20 movies in the episodes and they rewatch everything, that's about three times a year on okay. average. So, Something yeah. Like yeah. So, what do you like most about Sign Sealed? Okay, so I'm going to have to give you multiple answers. I That's okay. <laughs> love that I, I love that I can watch it with my kids. Like, we, I think the only one I didn't watch with my younger kids was the Dark of Night episode and only because, not because it wasn't handled tastefully, but it was just, like, above them, um, and I didn't want to explain it to them. Um, yeah. All the rest of them, I, I just sat there, and I got so nervous in the series that Oliver was not going to be a gentleman, you know, like, as I'm watching, like, you can tell that he's starting to have feelings for, and I was like, no, I don't want to have to tell, explain to my kids, and it actually, like, he was such a gentleman, and it led to, like, beautiful conversations about how we, you know, like, we have, like, things come in our lives that we want, but we make the right choice, even, you know, I mean, it was just, it was just done so well that I loved it, um, so I love that it was family-friendly, um, but it wasn't like just for my kids. Like it was totally for me too. I love that it has like the slow burn romance, like um, where you can just like feel it when he holds her hand because you've been waiting for it for so long. And that's what I like to write. That's why I like to read. Um, so I love that. Um, the writer in me, it just really appreciates Martha's writing. Um, you can tell that she has thought this series through early on. So you don't have the like, totally random um drama to try to keep a story going like it mm -hmm. feels so natural um i'm totally impressed with her writing and those are a few but i could go on and on i love the messages i love that i cry um i love the acting <laughs> so yeah i love norman he's so cute norman. i know we all love you. we love norman dorman <laughs> so which of the four um postables are you most like Okay, so we actually, I asked my kids that, and all of us, and we all, like, debated. I have one son who I'm like, he is a Norman, like, um, he's so adorable, but he's going to need to find, like, the perfect Rita Sunday. Um, <laughs> everyone else, I'm like, oh, you're all, like, a mix, you know? Um, for me, they all decided that I was, um, like, an Oliver, like, somewhere between Oliver and Shane, but I like words, I like old-fashioned things, um, all of, you know, I like morals and values and all of that kind of stuff. Um, 
I don't, I don't think I'm quite as like uptight as he is, but you know, so I have to, I'm a little bit more on the like laugh and relax side too. So, so tell us about the awesome lost letter game you did with your kids. I, cause I believe when you had watched it with them the first time, I think you had done a party for the, for the last movie. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So last summer when I decided to watch it, I watched it with the kids and they were just like, I didn't know if they'd like it, but they were like getting more and more into it. Um, and, and like, they got to the point where they were like, that's like where they, where their pretend play would be, would be like, I'm Oliver O'Toole and I'm Miss McInerney. And like my, my four-year-old, actually at the time he was three and he would come up to me and he'd go, do you want to be Miss McInerney? And I'm like, <laughs> it was it was adorable. Um, that was like, I think he loved it mostly because his big brothers and stuff were into it. But so he totally, they totally all got into it. And then I was like, oh, they're having so much fun. We never like binge watch shows like this. So I'm like, I just decided to play it up a little bit. So one morning when they woke up, I just had like, my husband and I had gotten um, like made these like letters with clues in them. And he was like dipping them in like chocolate and like tearing them up. And I like lit one on fire. And so we like had them like waiting on the counter and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, like there's lost letters at our house. And they just played right along. Like they wouldn't even, like we never use letter openers. They would not open them with their fingers. Like I had to go get letter openers so that they could open them. Cause you know. True Oliver fashion. And so it was just going to be this like one time thing. And then they like wake up the next morning and there's like, they're like, where's our letters? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it just kind of became this thing. Cause I think we watched it over like um, the whole show over like, I don't know, like, two or three weeks or four, I don't know, something like that. And so um, I made a lot of lost letters. Like I got really creative, um, like gum, I mean, all kinds of stuff. They were super into it. It was really fun. And so then on the last one, I like left them an invitation to, for the, to the altar and like got a little owl thing and like an invitation. And then we had like Yoo-Hoo's and Rita's brownies and they put on a Seinfeld delivered um, pageant. Like they, well, no, I mean, sorry, I missed uh, not miss because I have a lot of boys, a special delivery pageant. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had like my kids play the saxophone, they play the piano. Um, some of them did ninja moves because they're four and they thought that would probably help them win the title. Um, so it, was, it, was, it was like a whole thing. Um, I should have videotaped it because you guys would have all really enjoyed oh, our time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so it was, and then we watched it, uh, yeah, we drank Yoo-Hoo's, I mean, so we just had this party, and it was just so fun, because, like, I think summer is just, it's fun anyway, because everyone's home, but I think it's, like, when they talk about last summer, they're like, oh, the sign still delivered summer, you know, it just kind of became this, this thing, and it was just so fun, and now, if I pull it out, um, which we haven't watched very often, but, I, um, a couple months ago, like, one of the kids pulled out for Friday night movie night. They were like, can we just watch a sign still delivered? And I was like, oh, okay. Then we started it and watched the whole thing again, you know? <laughs> and, and then my sister came to visit, and she's like, I've never seen it. And I'm like, okay, you're here for eight days. We can here probably we go. do it. <laughs> here, here's the burning question. When, right. when your kids, when your kids were holding their letter openers and they were refusing to open letters unless they had their letter <laughs> openers, did one of the boys say, being dispatched with my own letter opener? Now that is poetic justice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might've died had they said that. That would have been so sweet. Um, <laughs> my, whatever, whatever the like, uh, you know, like the lines where they have a little bit of attitude, that's the lines they probably would have used on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> <But>. Right. <laughs> uh, I 
love that. That is so adorable. Oh my goodness. It is so fun. But as much as we would like to talk about Science Still Delivered all day, um, we have other exciting news to talk about, mainly your next book that is releasing on August 4th. And can you just share like a, a short synopsis of what it's about? Okay, synopsis are really hard for me. Um, but we have Agnes and she lives in Buffalo, New York, and she leaves it. Um, and you don't really know why. She runs away from it and she's got money and everything and she leaves it and she goes to the Dakota Territories because um, it's in 1880, I think. Um, and so like at the beginning, you don't know why she went there. And then um, her former love interest shows up in town. And so she can't keep running for her past and she has to confront it. Um, that's like a really brief synopsis. Um, I, it, it's a, it's a, I really love it. Um, I wrote it. I actually wrote it. They're not coming out in the order I wrote it. So this is actually the one I wrote after the Hope of Azure Springs. Um, okay. And it's just a really, just a really tender story of people uh, confronting things that they're not in control of and forgiving and talking. And I don't know. I love it. And this is the thing, I think you're maybe going to ask me this, but um, that makes it stand out for my other books is that in the Hope of Azure Springs and yours truly, Thomas, my main characters don't know each other at the start of the book. So we start out at like mm -hmm. this, you know, with the, at the friendship level and have to grow, you know, to the romantic level. Well, these characters knew each other. It's been six years, but they were engaged um, prior to the book. And so Whoa, it's really a lot of history. Yeah. And so like right away you get to have chemistry and you get to have, you know, like all those feelings. It's all still, you know, really clean, but like you get to, I get to play around with the romantic side of it a lot earlier, which is what's fun for me. Yeah. Wow. That sounds very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Did you have a particular inspiration for this novel? Um, yeah and no, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think of how I can tell you without telling you. Um, <laughs> The reason that, yeah, there, there is, there was a specific, um, a specific thing that made me think, oh, I want to build a story around that, but it's kind of a big secret to the, to the book, so I'm not going to tell you, um, yeah. We will have to <laughs> wait to find out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. But it, feature, it features a little kid in it. Um, this is probably why I love Norman, because I foster Norman's a foster kid um and so it just he just touches my heart I'm like oh I'll adopt you um but this book uh, later in the story so this isn't giving anything away but there is a little a little boy in it who um doesn't have a home for whatever reason and I really loved writing that part of the story because um I got to put some of my other passion um into the story because I love writing I love parenting I love like things I also feel really strongly about um fostering and you know, loving these little people that just need someone to love them. Wow. Uh, what can you share with us regarding your 2021 release? Okay, so <laughs> my 2021 release takes place in Buffalo, New York, um, which I oh. actually lived there for four years. Okay, so go with me on this because it's not going to sound romantic at first, but my main character is a dentist um, because my Okay, so dentists are never romantic characters, right? And so my husband is a dentist and he we always like laugh because anytime that they're in the media, we're like either like creepy or they're like the comic relief. And so I was like, I am going to write a romantic dentist that will like everyone will be like, no, dentists are romantic. 
And so my main character is a dentist, um, but he is, you're going to love him. I love him. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's it. It has to do with him and then his dental assistant that were called ladies in attendance at the time who works for him. Um, she has a huge major backstory. And so it's about kind of about them. I'm really horrible at synopsis. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. But he's that's really romantic. A- so you should. <laughs> I'm here for this. Romantic she, dentist. She is, she is selling this point. <laughs> romantic dentist. <laughs> there we go. There's a Hallmark movie we have yet to see. Right? There, that's there, true. Is, there is romance <laughs> in dentistry. <laughs> I'm telling you. Call me back um, in 2021. In 2021, when it comes out, and you tell me if you think he's romantic, because I think he is. I think Oliver could play him. Maybe. Oh, Ooh, Eric Navius. I could see it. I could. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. He Let's could. He could totally be a dentist. If he can be a mm-hmm. sheriff, he can be a dentist. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he's a sheriff. Wait, what he, is he a sheriff in? In a Christmas movie, in a Hallmark Christmas movie, he was a sheriff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to watch that. Although, okay, so we brought home a movie. I borrowed a movie from my mom that has him in it, and my daughter saw the cover and she was like, "Mom, why would you watch this? Oliver can only be with Shane," and so she would <laughs> not watch it with me. So I don't remember the title, but there's like a girl who's trying to like, who's like his dating coach kind of thing. Oh, 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 yes. How to fall in love. We love that one. Yes. <laughs> she wouldn't watch it. She would, oh she would not watch it. And she is 10 and she will watch anything romantic. She refused because he's only oh. Oliver. So I don't know if I'll ever get to see the Sheriff movie because she's my, she's my girl to watch stuff with. So. Oh, no. Yeah, I think yeah. that one, the Christmas one, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Was that uh, it? No, that's no, another one. No, that's, Welcome to Christmas. He's a, he's a mayor. He's a mayor in that one. And welcome also a good to- one. Yeah, and welcome, oh, yes. and okay, welcome, welcome to, to Christmas. Christmas. He's the sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. yeah, they both have Christmas in the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did watch it. <laughs> yeah. You've it's- only seen like 200 Christmas movies, Casey. Get them all straight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Do, you, uh, do you have any other projects that you're currently working on that you can tease? Yeah. Um, I wrote a book during quarantine that just got accepted to be my 2022 release. So I am way ahead, which is great. That is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. It has some tie-ins to a life one stream and then just little side characters that pop in, which was really fun. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I won't give you an, it's way down the road. So we'll talk about it later, but, um, it's kind of romantic too. (laughs) (laughs) All righty, Postables and Hallmarkies. We have had so much fun talking about all these things, but the fun isn't over yet because (laughs) Rachel is actually going to be uh, um, giving away one of her three books to one of you guys. Woo! Again. Because Again, they, just, yeah. they just did this with the Postables Facebook group. And yeah. so now we so now we're doing another one. So you get another chance if you didn't win. Woo-hoo! <laughs> book. It's all great. <laughs> Which is super exciting. And the three books, if you if you if you need to write it down, it's The Hope of Azure Springs, Yours Truly Thomas, or A Life Once Dreamed, which is coming out in just a couple of weeks, which we're really excited about. So how can you win? Yes, to enter. 
just comment on either Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram with what you liked best about this podcast episode. And also make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram and all the things. Um, and we'll shout out our Instagram handles at the very end. And definitely be sure to follow Rachel so you can um, be up to date on all her upcoming projects and all her new stories. And maybe you'll get some inside scoop about future books. So be sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. And um yeah, so we are looking forward to hearing all about your thoughts about our episode. I know yeah. what Jess's favorite part was go- is going to be if she could enter. She can't because she's part of the podcast, but I know what her answer would be. What would it be? Oh, you would definitely say that your favorite part was all the romance talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we went over this. I am not Penny. I'm Dinah. <laughs> and yes, non-romantics can like Hallmark. <laughs> she's living proof post of all it can happen it's like a weird alternate universe but it can happen we're gonna start calling you the proof postable <laughs> all right postables we've had so much fun chatting with rachel and as always we love to end our interviews with some silly fun questions although today we have a special twist since all of us here are writers in some form we have a author writer edition of our typical teen beat questions number one what are you reading right now just fin- finished a book um uh i haven't uh, started anything i was gonna grab a book off my shelf can't find anything um i promise i'll start a book i'll leave it in the comments i'll start a book tonight i finished okay so i just finished um hadley beckett's next dish i finished it last night okay oh, that okay. works that works that works okay uh, fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Library or bookstore? Bookstore. E-reader or physical book? Physical book. Mm-hmm. That's my girl. Yes. <laughs> I will say, if I can't wait, I will download it on an well, e-reader yeah. on my thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's got to be really good. So. <laughs> Computer or pen and paper? Computer. Oxford comma or no Oxford comma? Oh, I don't know how to do grammar. (laughs) I was going to say, there's only one right answer to that question, and it's Oxford comma. (laughs) I need an editor. (laughs) She's she's just the creative muscle. (laughs) You can't even play Mad Libs because I can't keep it all straight. (laughs) Uh, Chicago or Turabian editing? That's another grammar thing, so um, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with Chicago. Good answer. (laughs) Always safe to go with the word you know. (laughs) (laughs) They're essentially virtually the same thing. It's just preferential. It's like Coke or Pepsi, you know. What is your go-to writing snack? Um, Popcorn. Oh, and lastly, if you can pick, what is your favorite book or series? I'm going to go with Jane Eyre. Oh, Jane Eyre's a fabulous one. All right. Well, that wraps up our teen beat. And so thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on and talking with us. We have had a blast and maybe Postables will release part of a blooper reel because there was many behind the scenes laughs, <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> And um, 
Casey, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. And Cammie, what about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cami Drama Girl, on Facebook, the Hooked Hardy Facebook page, and my blog is hookedhardy.com. And Rachel, how can people follow you and learn more about your books? Okay. Um, my website is rachelfordham.com. On Facebook, I'm Facebook slash Rachel Fordham Spans. On Instagram, I'm Rachel underscore Fordham. All right. And you can find me at blog on Twitter and Instagram, or you can check out my website, beneathstillwaters.com. You can follow the podcast at Deliver Me a Pod or Deliver Me a Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can also check out all of our lovely Postables merch in the merch store. And also don't forget to follow the wonderful Hallmarkies podcast and all the Hallmark content that we cover there as well. I think that's about it. We're so excited to bring this episode to everybody. And I hope you enjoyed as well. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.